And now, Ex Nihilo on Faith Fit Radio. Well, 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 a fantastic new year to all of us who are listening to Ex Nihilo, a podcast of... All of us. <laughs> uh, all ten of you, thanks for sticking around. We say well, Happy New Year. It's Happy New February. Year to all you. He just jumped into, you know, my mid-sentence. And it's I, okay. I it's lost just you were, going, you, were good, you were so grand coming out of the shoot, and it's like... We're a month into the new year already. You, you, you missed a twelfth of the year. Oh my goodness! In Christ, it's always the present moment. There is Steve. no east or south or north or west. <laughs> that's it. Oh my right, goodness! That's the song. Um, I am totally confused. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you all have had a wonderful Christmas celebration and a, a good start to the new year. Yeah. Did you do anything fun over Christmas? Uh, I work. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of masses that need there to was be a lot celebrated. Of but it was still a very lovely celebration. I was exhausted after, though. Uh, so I was glad to w- to be able to get away for a week. Nice. Uh, visiting friends and hanging out with uh, my mother. Nice. And, Always good. Uh, so now back to the routine. We got through the heresy at the Cathedral of the Midnight Mass moving to 10 p.m. And everybody uh, survived. Everyone survived. Right? Surprise, surprise. The sun rose on Christmas morning. Indeed. Much to everyone's surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? In the middle of my vacation, I did have to come back to celebrate a wedding. Oh, dear. Uh, That's which, true. Which turned out to be a complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to our topic we shouldn't be today. Laughing. Complete disaster. Uh, that leads to, uh, to nobody uh, died, right? Nobody died. Well, see, that's I almost thing. did though. Well, okay. my blood pressure went up quite high. I know, but you're so young; you can afford that. You, you're, you have your veins and arteries are very elastic. Mine are very brittle. <laughs> I had a birthday. I'm older now. My all I have is brittle bones and brittle veins. So that's okay. what I heard. Alrighty. <laughs> okay, I lost the train of thought again. Sorry, you had a wedding. You had to come back from your vacation yes, for this, a wedding. This lovely couple um, that I prepare for marriage for, and lovely people, but they never quite told us that she belonged to a different rite. She was Catholic, but she belonged to a different rite. And that led us into a whole canonical uh, hubbub. That's called the hubbub. Hubbub, I a suppose. Hubbub. A thing. A, a thing. thing. A, a thing. thing. Like some, because some, because yeah. her lovely pastor had all this time. Now, hold on. Hold on one second. Yes. You say that she didn't inform. Was she aware that she was not right? <laughs> or in the wrong right? Or not in the right right? I'm not quite sure she realized there's a difference because she's always considered herself Catholic. Right. And we are a Catholic church. Mm. But under the umbrella of the so-called Catholic church, there are several rights. Well, hold on now. Just a second. So there, how can there be? I thought there's just one church. So Catholic literally means in case any, this is like the how to boil water moment of uh, ex nihilo. So Catholic literally means what? Universal. Universal church. So under the universal universal church you're saying there are other churches correct we are one but we are diverse and so aside from what you commonly known as the roman catholic church the roman catholic church there are also 20 other different churches that fall underneath the umbrella of the so-called catholic church Right, and so we'll talk about <laughs> that and the canonical an implications. Yes, yeah. so we're going to talk about uh, rights in the context of a wedding. 
Correct. I, I suppose love it. so. Okay. So twenty twenty minutes before the wedding, the pastor, her pastor, who had uh, the opportunity of telling me this a whole year, uh, decided to show up twenty minutes before uh, the mass and said that I have absolutely no faculty over her, which is true. Uh, canonically speaking, because she. Uh, she didn't belong to our right, and she wasn't to of the quote, Latin to church. quote the pastor. She was his subject, oh. and so uh, he had authority over her, and I don't. So I call authority, but authority in the context of to perform a sacrament. Correct, correct. Right. Because authority he, to administer a sacrament. He has he has the jurisdiction over her. I don't. Which is interesting because technically in marriage he's not administering any sacraments, right? He's just witnessing. No, not in the Eastern Church. In the Eastern Church, the, oh, priest, the priest is the one is who facilitates the sacrament. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> at this point, if you're scratching your heads and wonder what on earth are we talking about, yeah. marriage law is one of the most uh, complicated sets of laws in the entire Code of Canons. And that's just talking about the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church because the Eastern churches, they have their own laws. Right. And own so yep. uh, we ran into a huge um, mess that we're still trying to sort out. Mm. But that being said, let's backtrack a little bit and uh, so you need to explain to everybody what a right is sure right as of R-I-T-E not an R-I-G-H-T that's it which is what I usually am well, right well thank you no I am Asian I am always R-I-T-E right. but uh, right as R-I-T-E referring to the ritual mm. which what which basically is what distinguished these churches. Mm. Um, and so I did mention that in the Roman Catholic Church, we call that the Latin, the Latin Western Roman Catholic Church. Uh, <laughs> Steve is giving me a look. Did I, did I well, just... No, no. So, so this is like profound moments. When, when we, we were talking about topics and we talked about rights. Mm-hmm. So you had assured me you'd done all your research. So I was like, you know what? Let me just let me look into it just a little bit myself. And I had this kind of epiphany um, uh, like moment in it my It is head. this long way of saying that I was wrong something. No, 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 you weren't wrong. No, no, no. This, this, I would never, never do that. Uh, at least not yet. Um, no, but one of the things that, that occurred to me is one of the one of the great scenes we have in the cathedral in, in downtown Orlando is the Pentecost mural in the apse, right? Yep. And really, if you're thinking about trying to understand rites, I think the context of Pentecost is probably the best place to start, wouldn't you That's say? That's true, because after the descent of the Holy Spirit, the apostles traveled to different regions, mm-hmm. different areas of the world, or the Western world back then. And they were given the gift of? Tongues. Tongues. And so the apostles went and preached to different group of people and uh, established different churches, uh, for lack of better words. Like St. Thomas traveled all the way to, to um, India. India. Yeah, and on so his he, feet. he established his own, uh, his own uh, tradition. Uh, or St. Mark, St. Mark, one of the, uh, the secretary for St. Peter, went and, and uh, established a church in Egypt, yep. uh, the root of the Coptic church. Um, and so, yes, Steve's correct. That would be the best way to... Can you say that again? Steve is right. <laughs> uh, that, that's the best way to explain the different rites and different traditions that we have nowadays because uh, the apostles did 
established different churches, and yeah. they all carry different traditions. They do. And the essential thing I think to remember about the rites, which is, uh, is that you know foundationally our church is a, the universal church, the Catholic Church is 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 founded on Christ as the head, mm-hmm. and the signs and symbols of Christ, the outward signs of Christ, are in the sacraments, um, and so there's foundational teaching and foundational truths that each of the apostles carried to these churches that were introduced to these people, but the culture, but they were enculturated into each of the different groups, really. You right. know? So we took the foundational truths, but helped to present them to people in a way that they could understand. Absolutely. So uh, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, let's... Uh, let's Here we go. Take d- a deep breath. I want you to do this all in one breath. Give you a whole list of churches and we call them churches sui juris, which is Latin for its hey, own law. You just said sui. Isn't that like the... Isn't that like the... Chop the, sui? Like, sui. Yeah. No, that's the call, I think, of the uh, of Nebraska's football team. Sui? Okay. Sui! Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, in Latin, it means its own. <laughs> oh, okay. Juris means law, so it has its own law governing the church. And so we have the big one, Latin which is the Latin church, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, which is founded by St. Peter and St. Paul in the city of Rome. Uh, and it is the largest branch. Then we have the Alexandrian uh, liturgical tradition, which has three churches under its care, the Coptic, the Ethiopian, the Eritrean. So these are like sort of in the... Eritrea. Yeah. Eritrea, yeah. Mm. Um, these are under the Alexandrian Egypt area. Then we have the Antiochian litur- liturgical tradition. Oh, here, pop quiz. Yes. Who founded the Antiochian tradition? Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I don't think we can use that. So, <laughs> the church in Antioch was founded by Go, we cat. Do you know the answer to this? This is your HQ moment. Not St. Ignatius of Antioch. Nope. No, that's St. Nope. Peter. Before that. Was yeah, it one St. Peter. Peter. Yeah, what? Okay. High five. Nice. Yeah, St. Peter. Um, $1,200 question. <laughs> <laughs> so under Antiochian uh, liturgical tradition, we have the Maronite, mm-hmm. one of the oldest uh, uh, churches that's never broken away from Rome. Yep. I've always been in communion with the Pope. The Syrian Catholic Church. And, and the interesting thing is their liturgical language is Aramaic. Aramaic, right. The language that Jesus spoke. Beautiful church tradition, by the way. And then the Syro Malankara, which is... Uh, Particular to this story we were telling you yep, earlier. Yep, it <laughs> pertained to the story that we were just telling you. Okay, and then we move to the Armenian uh, liturgical tradition, which only has the Armenian Catholic Church underneath it. Right. Then the Chaldean, or the East... Syrian liturgical tradition, which has Chaldean Catholic Church and the Syro-Malabar Catholic Church, uh, which follows the liturgy of Saints Adai and Mari, uh, predominantly in uh, India. In India, yeah, yep. And then the Byzantine liturgical tradition. What? Many. Uh, many. It, it has many, but I think what sort of unite them is that they follow the liturgy of Saint John Chrysostom. Yep. And the language of the rites is Greek. Yeah. Uh, so if you have nothing else to do, take this down. Under the Byzantine tradition, we have the Albanian Greek Catholic Church, 
the Belarusian Greek Catholic Church, the Bulgarian Greek Catholic Church, the Byzantine Catholic Church of Croatia and Serbia, the Greek Byzantine Catholic Church, the Hungarian Greek Catholic Church, the Italo-Albanian Catholic another Church. Another Albanian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Macedonian yeah. Greek, uh, Melkite Greek Catholic Church, Romanian Greek, uh, the Romanian Church united with Rome, Greek Catholic, Russian Greek Catholic Church, Ruthen- Ruthenian yeah. Greek Ruthenian, Catholic, yeah. and Slo- Slovak Greek Catholic Church. Oh, oh. And then the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Greek Catholic Church. So that's quite a lot, eh? That is quite many, a lot. That is many, many different rites and many different traditions. And a lot of these churches, um, as you mentioned before, they're from all over. Right. Um, really kind of the Mediterranean world, although extending out as far as um, India. Uh, but it's interesting because, uh, for example, you, you mentioned... Um, the Ukrainians. Well, there's a Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Then there's a Ukrainian Orthodox Catholic Church. Right. And one of the things that most people don't realize is that, you know, in the Eastern churches, there's also, in many cases, a Latin counterpart. Right. So just as there would be a Melkite uh, church um, or, or a Romanian, so the Romanian Orthodox Church is also a Romanian Orthodox Catholic Church church that mm-hmm. mirrors so essentially is is and the general you know the general tone of this is is kind of who do you follow so in the orthodox churches eastern orthodox russian they're all following the patriarch of constantinople mm-hmm. right whereas churches in union with rome are following the pope the uh not only they were divided by the language of the liturgy uh, or the traditions according to the apostles but along the line of the history of the church, the different doctrines, different councils also caused divisions that uh, lead to smaller branches got broken uh, um, from um, uh, the, the big one Catholic church, I suppose. Yeah, well, and even some of the schisms going back. So Nestorianism uh, broke off uh, a sig- one of the rites that didn't actually come back till the 1700s. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly which one. Uh, the monophysite um, heresy also broke off, ironically, the Syriac uh, church. So Surprisingly, a lot of them broke off from uh, the Council of Chalcedon, where Leo settled the question on the two natures of Christ. Yes. Uh, surprisingly, they, they, they were not in favor of what he was saying. Wasn't that Chalcedon? Is it Chalcedon? Yeah. Chalcedon. Oh, Chalcedon. Chalcedon. I don't know. I guess it in depends America, where you're coming from. In America, it's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N. Right? The, the Greek would call C-H a K. So a K. Chalcedon. Chalcedon. Yep, yep. Except um, in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Did you people catch that, what he was saying? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but it, the whole point, the whole point of trying to confuse you with all these names is that the church is so rich mm. it is so rich in its traditions it is so rich to in its rituals that to say catholic does not mean that it's just roman catholic as you know right um and even within the roman catholic tradition there are many rights we have many rights yeah probably the most most talked about recently would be the extraordinary form of right. the Roman rite. So there's actually, even within the Roman rite, there are 
different forms. Right. So in the Roman rites in 1969, Pope Paul VI formulated a new missile. Yep. which is what we use now mostly at most of the churches where yep. the language of liturgy is in the, the vernacular uh, the priests face the congregation and um, and that's a new translation but Pope Benedict XVI also brought back and uh, permitted the use the more the widely use um, of the extraordinary form which is the mass formulated by Pope uh, John XXIII right um, which is the last, basically, version of what was called the Tridentin Rite, or yep. the formula that came out of the Council of Trent. Yep. And then the also Pope Benedict XVI, God bless his heart, also uh, create a personal ordinariate for the Anglicans who uh, returned to full communion. Right. And he permitted them to, uh, to use uh, the liturgical traditions that they have. With corrections, With so there some was corrections. some corrections, yep. but yeah, that's called actually called the Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter, mm-hmm. um, and we have one of those churches here in uh, Orlando over in College Park. And so, uh, the heart of Pope Benedict, I think, is uh, a peacemaker, mm-hmm. and he, uh, in order to to extend the uh, the open arms of the Mother Church, welcome welcome different traditions, welcome uh, the wider use of the riches of our tradition, so that. Uh, everyone would feel there is a place for them in the church. Right. And it's important to understand, I think, and you bring up, you know, Pope Benedict in particular. Pope Benedict, first and foremost, is a theologian. Mm-hmm. Um, and to understand the purpose and the intent of the rites, um, you have to understand that the universality of, of the Church of Christ, that Jesus' church um, exists, right, Um because it's founded on the sacraments. And so how how the sacraments are dispensed or the way in which they're dispensed um, isn't necessarily uh, bound to one particular formula that, that you know, the, the truth and the essence of them can be brought forth in different ways, I guess mm-hmm. is pr- pretty much the best way to say it, such that, you know, whether you're celebrating the extraordinary form or the novus ordo, the form we would celebrate today— you, it's and people will argue this. You know, one's particularly better than the other. One's more reverent. One's more holy. You know, who's to say? Um, but you know, what's holy in one culture is, or what is reverent in one culture, for that matter, may not be in others. Right, right, right. Like I, I love attending these different rites. But when I first came to the U.S., remember Vietnam was um, evangelized by the uh, the Jesuits. Right. Uh, and the, the the missions from uh, France, and so we've we've always under the Roman rite, and that's all that I knew. So when I first came to this country and attended the Maronite Church, <laughs> I oh, thought, in, in uh, Saint Jude, yeah, Saint Jude, yeah, which is a beautiful church. It was a beautiful church, but then when I walked in and I had no idea what these people were saying, what the priest was saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all I in Latin, right? No, it's in Aramaic. Oh, Aramaic. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Right. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't receive communion. <laughs> uh, but then the priest assured me afterwards that, no, no, we're Catholic. We're in communion with Rome. No worry. Um, uh, but that being said, like, the liturgy is so solemn, but it's a lot more wordy than what we're used to sure. in um, in the Roman rites. And so each has its own traditions and richness for sure. Uh, now, uh, I was saying that 
there's a lot of divisions and different laws governing different things. But one thing for sure that the Eucharist is always valid. Yes. And the baptism is always, always valid. valid. Right. Um, marriage right now is the only like complications in yeah, different Yeah, confirmation ways. is the same. Uh, penance or reconciliation is the same. Holy uh, orders are a little different. Holy orders are have have some different norms associated with yeah. them, but sacramentally are the same. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, marriage, it's different because in the Eastern tradition, um, the priest is the one who dispenses the sacraments. Right. Whereas in the Latin West, it's the couples. Right. And who confer the sacrament on each other. So, yep. Which is, that's a theological difference. Um but between East and West, there are other little theological differences. Oh, so. there's plenty. There's, that's, <laughs> a can of, that's a can of worms we do not want to open right now. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you've learned a thing or two about the richness of our traditions. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to raise it. Do we have an email account? We should just give him Father Martin's uh, cell phone number, I think. Oh, you do that. I will I will hurt you, we cat. I will hurt you bad. We'll be back with it. You know what? We do have an email address, but I can't remember what it is. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> I'd hate to give out the... I think we gave out the address in a couple of shows back, but we'll, we'll get it back as a regular part of the show. So one of the resolutions Father Martin and I had for this year is to actually uh, have you guys, uh, all ten of you, request different topics so if you have things you want us to tackle on the go forward um we'd love to get your input but of course we need to give you some way to do that so we will get the uh the dress in forthwith i don't know i mean uh, the new year starts with uh new high hopes i'm hoping that we can raise our listeners uh from number 10 to 12 i'm That's making 20 percent no, no 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 small goal yeah, okay. small goal 11 11 all right 11 11 so 10 percent <laughs> <laughs> that's a good increase. So, but yeah, I think you know, kind of to sum up, rights. Um, there's no right that's right. You know, everyone's depending on where you are. You can be born into a right. Um, and oh, by the way, you kind of didn't finish your story. So, what's the resolution? So, we, when you last left us before we went down the rights of rights right way, uh, you had a bride who you weren't able yep. to marry. So, so I happened? we had to ask her. Okay, so were your parents in that right? Because Whenever she's baptized, even if she was baptized in a Roman Catholic church, right. the the children go directly with the father's right. So if yes. her father was Ciro Marancalaba, I, I, I might have said it wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Ciro Malankara. Yeah, that's uh, a very good then, pronunciation. Uh, then that, that is her right. And so... Uh, Steve did remind me something quite important, though, is that if she was confirmed by a Roman Catholic bishop, she automatically... Particularly after the age of reason. Right. Then she automatically joined the Roman Catholic Church. And that's what I'm still waiting for the answer yeah. from the girl. If well, she was... there's, yeah, there's a few other pieces. This, I mean, you want to talk about the heady things of, of kind of interreligious and interright dialogue. Um you know, technically, when you change rights, you have to receive permission from your bishop to do that. Um, and there's some other things that govern it. There's some niceties. Um, one of the things that happened, uh, you know, a lot of this kind of between East and West goes back to the Great Schism, uh, which happened right about 1,000, was it 1052? Yep. Right. So East Eastern, the church in Constantinople breaks from the church in Rome. Um, and it was almost, and basically the, the, uh, the Pope, 
at the time, and the uh, the uh, patriarch patriarch excommunicated each other. Uh, no, no, they actually, did. they did. They the patriarch excommunicated the, the the papal legates. The pope oh, right. died. Yeah, yeah, right. The pope died. The pope died. So, but it wasn't. We didn't actually restore uh, a sense of communion with each other until I believe it was Pope Saint John Paul II, nope. right? Or was it just uh, Paul VI. Paul VI. Paul VI. Who VI. lifted the excommunication of? Yeah. None. The, the whole point is, is nine hundred years. Yeah. That's a long time to carry a grudge. Uh, but eventually, look. You know the mercy of God, right? Eventually, they we started down the road. But one of the things that we agreed upon when they re, restarted this dialogue was that we wouldn't be like uh, trying to root for people to come over from one side or the other. So we tend to refrain from doing that. <laughs> we try, right? We try. <laughs> it's better in the West. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully you can learn a thing or two in this podcast. Yep. And, and if it, you're interested. Research more because each of these rites that I mentioned uh, today, they all carry a deep and uh, long, beautiful history and tradition that's worth learning uh, more about. Uh, I have always been very fascinated by the Maronite, yeah, um, because uh, the the language that they use, uh, the ordination is very, very beautiful. Um, so. Learn more about some of these stuff and see what you can uh, find out about the rich tradition of the church. Amen. Have a wonderful week, folks. We'll see you soon. 